Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you like this show and you want to help support us? Do you want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Of course you do. Then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Become a Patreon supporter of this very show. Programs and welcome to another edition of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins, and my name is Derek Diamond. So, how have you been spending your uh, Christmas holidays so far? Well, wrapping up things at work for the year. So, um, I'll be having my usual two weeks off starting next week. So, been wrapping up some uh, last minute projects to get done for the year, uh, and really, other than that, just kind of trying to chill as much as i possibly can i did start playing the uh turbo graphics mini mm-hmm. which uh again shout out to axblade 07 for sending that to us so uh it's really cool because the turbo graphics is something that as i've mentioned before i never got to experience so getting to not relive it but kind of experience it mm-hmm. you know with a new set of eyes is, has been really cool so i'm actually going to review uh box adventure next week because i've been feeling a good old-fashioned platformer so excited to chat about that next week um i haven't really started watching any christmas movies yet which is kind of surprising but i have. still got a little bit of time for that i've been trying to get into the christmas spirit watching uh different christmas movies at least one christmas movie every couple of days um i did we did come across uh what was it um not the year without a santa claus we started watching that one but uh I didn't like that one too much. Even as a kid, I didn't like that one. It was like Santa was a, a lazy turd in that movie. Um, what was the one we watched? Uh, so Santa Claus is coming to town. The other Rankin Bass stop motion animated Christmas thing. Which one is the one with the Miser Brothers? That's a uh, year without a Santa Claus. Okay. I saw something on Twitter today that would be great. If they were to do a live action miser movie, mm-hmm. cast Danny DeVito as the <laughs> miser, 
<laughs> and Jeff and Jeff Goldblum as Snow Miser. Oh my God, that'd be awesome. <laughs> you you talk about like opening night showing. I would do that in a heartbeat. Like that's perfect casting. And you would have to have like a really lazy Santa Claus who doesn't want to do anything anymore. I think Will Ferrell would be perfect. Oh, a, absolutely. A lazy crap Santa that doesn't want to be Santa Claus anymore. <laughs> absolutely. No, that'd be great. Yeah, I got to start the, the the Christmas movie showing. I, I always watch the animated Grinch on Christmas Eve, so that'll be something I wait till then to do. Yeah, but. same with me. I watch I watch the Grinch and uh, um, Charlie Brown on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Uh, another yeah, one I need to watch too is um, uh, now that's on Disney Plus and it's been uh, remastered is uh, uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. So I need to watch that. I don't think I've watched that since I was a kid. Oh, it's great. That's yeah. one of the best versions of uh, Christmas Carol. And uh, they have some, um, just some regular like Disney animated like Christmas ones. I watched some uh, Donald Duck and Chippendale uh, cartoon and some other ones. And they're all remastered in HD. And holy crap, they look good. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, they're really good. I'll have to go really look those good. up. Yeah, Disney Plus is killing it. And speaking of Disney Plus, we're going to get to that in a few. Oh, yeah. there, There's... <laughs> I have some thoughts. Yes. As I'm sure you do as well. But Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I also... Um, so I had the day off today because I'm getting my... Um, my gate was pretty much destroyed during Hurricane Sally. Mm -hmm. So I'm finally getting it replaced. So I took the day off so I could actually be here when they were working on it. So I actually did two... Um, interviews for my show to release in January. So trying to um, stay a little bit ahead of the curve. That's when cool. It comes to releasing episodes. So one was actually with a, um, a casting director, which uh -huh. is uh, interesting because it's an avenue I haven't talked about on the show before. So that and um, yeah, some fun stuff coming up um, really over the next month on my show that I'll get to is time comes it's crazy to think is like we're almost to a pensacon time too yep i'm really hoping and they don't have to cancel it i that's gonna break my heart if Dude, that happens well if we don't have pensacon we still have to do something <laughs> i mean i can't I, I don't care if we just get together to go to go to dinner or something I, it's, we have to do something that's like that. We we've done that every year for the past like six yep. years. So to not but do it tradition? is it's a tradition, man. It's a yearly tradition. Yeah. We just have to eat our weight and burgers. Yeah. I could do and that. Then just sleep the next day. <laughs> I'm down. I'm all for that. Yeah. No, I, I'm a, I agree. I think even if Pensacon doesn't happen, we should try and organize some type of a meetup. Yeah. Um, and also for our Patreon people, um, don't forget that we have that uh, uh, poll. If you haven't um, gone and done that yet, that's for our uh, discussion episode for next month. Um, and also for this month, for our, our um, commentary, uh, we decided to do um, which episodes was it? It was the real Ghostbusters. Um, which and there was something else. Yeah, it was real Ghostbusters. Let me find the our our thread here. Um, and Batman, oh, the yeah. animated series, Christmas with the Joker. Yeah, season one, episode thirty-eight, and then Ghostbusters. Um, the episode's called Xmas Marks the Spot. I don't remember which uh, season that is, but uh, 
those are the two episodes we're going to do for this month. I think we're going to do those this weekend. I think. Yeah. We still got to nail down a time, but yeah, yeah I think we're going to do it hopefully on Saturday. But yeah. As soon as those are done, we'll, uh, I'll upload those to the Patreon. So if you're a Patreon supporter, you're going to get that. And, uh, if you're not a Patreon supporter, you're just going to have to wait. Yep. <laughs> um, anything else you want to talk about before we go into the news for this evening? No, I think I'm good. All right, let's do it. From one of my favorite sites, NintendoLife.com, um, Yuzo Koshiro's Sumptuous Act Razor soundtrack is getting a vinyl and CD release, uh, including previously unreleased tracks. Uh, the gorgeous soundtrack for Quintet's Actraiser, one of the SNES' most unique and iconic third-party releases, is getting a special re-release on vinyl and CD courtesy of Paris-based Wayo Records. I guess that's how you pronounce that. Um, W-A-Y-O with the little, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know what that is above the O. <laughs> you rarely see that symbol. Yeah. Um, composed by the legendary Yuzo Koshiro, who has also created the music for Streets of Rage, Revenge of Shinobi, and Etrian Odyssey during his career. The soundtrack to Act Razor was a real head-turner back in, 90, in 1990. It showcased the incredible power of the Super Nintendo Sony-made sound chip thanks to its sweeping orchestral tunes. Um, it will include the entire soundtrack, along with previously unreleased tracks which were never used in the final game. A second disc will feature a special symphonic suite performance from the 2018 Ancient Festival, remastered by Shinji Hoso. To top it off, the album will come out with the new illustrations by Ayano Koshiro and limited Shikishi artwork, hand-signed by Yuzo Koshiro himself for the first 250 customers. Um... It'll be manufactured in limited quantities. You can pre-order them today with shipping expected to begin in early 2021. Uh, the CD edition costs 22.50 in euros, while the vinyl one is 39. I guess that's pretty comparable to dollar amount. Um, but if you want to go uh, put your pre-order in, just head over to NintendoLife.com and click on the link, and uh, it'll take you right there. I love the artwork. Oh, the artwork is awesome. Now I've never played Actraiser, so I can't speak on how good or you know bad the soundtrack is. But I, I love hearing stories about this because I feel like, especially with this era, the music is so underrated. Like the music can really help make a video game, especially from this era. Yeah. So to to see that you know it's getting this extent of a re-release with vinyl and CD and all that type of stuff. Yeah. It is really cool. And you know I kind of not. I, I didn't get dragged through the mud or anything, but I was not a huge fan of Actraiser when I uh, reviewed it for the show. But that's not to say it wasn't a good game. It just wasn't what I was... It, it wasn't as... It wasn't what I wanted from the game. I, I felt it was a little too janky, the controls. Uh, it did a little too much. Like I understood what it was going for, but it was a little too ambitious for the, the hardware. Um, I think if they redid Actraiser for now, like with today's capability, like you put it on the Switch, PS4, whatever, um, I think it, it would make a pretty awesome game. I think it would be up there with, you know, things like uh, The Witcher and things like that. Like, it's got a great story. It's got, it had great graphics back in the day, and I praise the music. Music's great. 
it's just it was a little clunky when I tried to play. It was a little too just not smooth when you played it. But I think if you were to put it in kind of a RPG style open world and then you have like, you know, the the overworld where you're doing sort of like, you know, a Sid Meier's um, civilization sort of city building, that would be, oh my God, I would be so hardcore into that. Like take those two kind of style of gameplay and, and roll them into one, I think would be awesome. And honestly, why not do it? Yeah. What honestly, right? Really, why not? And, and like I said before, it's a game that I do still want to play, even though you said very mixed things about it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm curious to see what it would be like from from my perspective because yeah. you, you think of you know Square Enix and Quintet made it, and I mean they've made great games in the past, so it was weird to hear that one wasn't exactly like what you would expect. So. Yeah. But either way, like as far as the soundtrack itself goes, I love that it's getting this extent of a re-release. I mean, it has to be popular enough to get something to this magnitude. Yeah. So I, I would love to see if there was a Secret of Mana release like this, I would get it in a heartbeat. Like I would get the vinyl, I'd get all of it. Because mm-hmm. that, that soundtrack is absolutely incredible. It's definitely something you should play. I, I definitely think you should play it. Um, and see what you think about it. I just personally found it to be clunky. Yeah. Well, I'll have two weeks coming up where I'm not doing much, so... Yeah, and it doesn't take long to play. I think I I got to the final bosses in, like, just a couple of hours. Once you kind of figure out what you're doing, it it goes pretty quick. Right. But this is something we were actually talking about before we started recording, but this comes to us from ScreenRant.com. The PS5 outsold by Nintendo Switch during November launch month. Well, there's a reason why. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Nintendo Switch has outsold both the PS5 and Xbox Series XS in November, according to an NPD report. In total, consumers in the United States spent $7 billion on products related to gaming in the month, which is a new record for November. Spending on hardware was up 35% from last year, due in large part to the debut of both the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. That launch also created a 58% rise in hardware sales, totaling out to a record $1.4 billion. That's a lot of money. Uh Uh, The top console in terms of generating revenue this past November is the PS5, which is no surprise considering it had the biggest console launch in U.S. history. Uh, they strove to beat their own record, which was set by the PS4, and they did just that. Uh, see, with games like Demon's Souls and the surprise hit Astro's Playroom launching alongside the machine and the promise of sequels to God of War and Horizon Zero Dawn on the horizon, gamers flocked to secure the new hardware. None of that hype could stop the continued dominance of the Nintendo Switch, as revealed by Gaming Industry.biz's report on the MPD findings. Nintendo's Portable Wonder sold 1.35 million consoles, the most in November, despite the launches by Microsoft and Sony. The Switch has been the best-selling platform for the past two years, now beating two generations of PlayStation and Xbox machines. While this is almost assuredly due to supply constraints limiting the potential of both Xbox and especially PlayStation, there's no denying that Nintendo's machine is an ongoing sales powerhouse that cannot be denied. So what I mean, we haven't really discussed. I think the the debacle that's happened with the with the new console releases, which I, I feel like 
Sony especially, I, I believe, is the one because I've I've got some friends who have been trying to get the consoles, but yeah, I I feel like maybe they were underestimating the number of people that were trying to buy yeah. the console because I I know there was a big fiasco with uh, Best Buy's website where they were saying that oh new consoles will be available I, I it was earlier this week I think yeah, yeah. they were saying that it would be available sometime after eight a.m. And Honestly, I'm like, I, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta give something a little bit more than that. Yeah, I honestly, I think it's just COVID has messed up supply lines so much during, uh, you know, this pandemic. I just, <clears throat> I don't know how they even pulled off doing a, a console launch <laughs> this year. I really thought, at, you know, earlier this year they would have pushed back the console launch to, you know, spring, maybe summer. But I don't know. I, I I honestly think it's probably just supply line stuff I, and demand. I mean, so many people are home with nothing to do, uh, and you know they save their money for these things, and then everybody wants it, but everybody can't have it because they didn't make enough. They don't, you know. I don't know. I, I just think it was a. I don't know this this whole year. This whole. Christmas season, this launch season has just been so weird. <laughs> it's just, it's weird. Everything's weird. Well, I mean, you brought up a great point. COVID has literally affected everything from movie releases mm -hmm. to TV shows being delayed. And it's, I think you're right on the money. I think it affected the supply line of both these consoles. Yeah. And to me, if I were Sony or Microsoft and I, I understand wanting to release it now mm. because people like the demand is there for it very clearly, but I feel like with not having the supply to meet the demand, it's yeah. a bad look for both. Well, not only that, neither, neither console had great um, launch titles to begin no. with. I mean, PS five had, miles morales but at the same time people can get it on the ps4 and it looks just as good i mean it's not i don't really i mean that's a great spider-man was a great game i loved i want to play miles morales but that's not a console seller i don't think at least not to me i might be totally wrong maybe people out there who bought it just for that which i'm sure there are but that's not you know that's not uncharted or um, you know, God of War, not like a Sony exclusive, like, uh, you know, powerhouse. Like I have to go out and buy this. Yeah. This is the, and same with, uh, Xbox. There's, there was no halo or gears of war, something that's like, I've got to go get the new console for this title. And rampage joined yeah. us. What's up? Rampage. 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 But yeah, that's why you know I'm not in any hurry to get uh, an Xbox or a PS5. There's nothing I really want. I mean, I can play Miles Morales on PS4. There's no reason I need to spend five hundred dollars just to play that one game. Well, that's my thing too. Is that I'm not really in any hurry to get either of them. Yeah. Like eventually, I'm going to get one of them. But if I do, it will be in the spring or the summer at the earliest yeah. when there are games yeah. that are exclusive for that console that make me want to go out and get it. Yep. And I'm I'm perfectly content with my Switch right now. 
Same. I'm st- I'm I'm like a oh a little update. I did finally get past that one track on Crash Team Racing. Oh, cool. <laughs> so now now I'm stuck on another one. So I've been playing uh, a lot of uh, um, Journey to Silius on uh, the the Nintendo stuff under the Nintendo uh, Switch thing. Um, but they've got some more stuff dropping too, which I'm about to talk about here in a minute. Let's talk about it. Ah, let's do that. From, where is this? Vooks.net, V-O-O-K-S. I've never heard of this before. Uh, but It's it Australia's up. Nintendo community. Oh, okay. All right, it popped up on my Google News. Um, five more retro games coming to Nintendo Switch, Nintendo Switch Online this week. Um, the best Super Nintendo game, also the best Donkey Kong game, is finally coming to the Switch's Nintendo Switch Online retro game service. Oh, and four other games, I guess. Uh, Nintendo announced today that five more titles are being added to the Super Nintendo and Nintendo apps later this week. Donkey Kong 3, Dixie's Kong, Dixie Kong's Double Trouble, um, headlines the additions, but the whole set is a bit interesting, as is the timing of the announcement and release. Normally, they'd be announced in the first week of a month and released the following week, but it seems like Nintendo's keen to break tradition on this and give us all the Christmas presents we truly deserve in DKC3. Uh, here's the full list of games being added for the Super Nintendo. Of course, Donkey Kong 3, uh, The Ignition Factor, Super Valus 4, and Tough Enough. Um, and also over for the Nintendo, we're getting Nightshade, which I don't remember Nightshade, but it, I think that might have been another one of those point-and-click adventures. I'll have to look that up when it drops. Well, I, first of all, I want to say that I just want to play Tough Enough yeah. based on the title alone. Well, the cover art, too. It's got a complete uh, 90. It looks like it was maybe drawn by... Uh, uh, oh, who... who uh, what's his name? Who he created uh, uh, Deadpool? Um, not Eric Larson. Um, oh, who was that? Damn it. What's It's like right here. Uh, damn it. I can't remember. What is his name? I don't know. He was an image uh, artist, you know, went and started Image with all those other guys. Um, I don't Uh, know why I have Eric Larson popping out in my head. uh, There's Fabian Nasiza and Rob Liefeld. Rob Liefeld, that's him. That's that's what this art looks like. I'm pretty sure that's Rob Liefeld art. For the cover of that Super Nintendo, and also I, I disagree about Donkey Kong Country Three being the best of the trilogy. Yeah. Well, Rampage says but it's, truthfully but it's he he doesn't like the DKC sequels as much as the first one. I love the second one. The second one is a fantastic game, but I, as far as sentimental value goes, you got to go with the original one. Yeah. The third one is is good. Like I remember when I reviewed that years ago. I went into it remembering that I didn't like it as much as the other two, which I still think that, but the game, I remember it now being better than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad that it's added. Now they've got all three of them on. Yeah. There. I never played two and three. Uh, all my nostalgia is with the first one. I'm still thinking of streaming Donkey Kong country. You should um, during my break. I haven't streamed anything in quite a while, so yeah. I might do that, but you know, I mean, we say this, you know, anytime new games are added, I wish they were more frequently. Yeah. Yeah. 
but but at least they've added at least one good game to play. Yeah. But let's see. Our next story comes to us from the next web dot com among us surprise launches on nintendo switch today nintendo announced in today's indie world showcase that sleeper hit multiplayer phenomenon among us is coming to the switch today up to now among us has been exclusive to pc and mobile meaning this is the first time the game is available on console it makes sense too. the game just looks right alongside nintendo's console staples since we're getting the game today it makes sense switch players will also get access to the airship the first new map announced by developers Innersloth during the Game Awards last week. The game originally launched in 2018 and suddenly exploded in popularity this year thanks to the boost of Twitch streamers. Now everyone up to and including Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has played the game and the developers have scrapped plans for a sequel in favor of developing new material for the existing game. If there was a big winner in 2020, it was undoubtedly Among Us, and this is in a year when gaming has spiked in popularity in general, but none more so than this indie darling. Have you ever played Among Us? No, I haven't. I've never. I, I've only seen little screen grabs of it. I've never actually seen anybody play it. I know everybody I know loves it. I know everybody it's immensely loves it. popular. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, one of the podcasts that I listen to. They do a weekly gaming night. With their uh, with their Patreons, and this is one of the games that they play. This and the the Jackbox games, which those are a lot of fun too. But well, I'm, we're we've been talking about doing a lot of community stuff here at Nerd Cave Retro, and we may do that as a, we may do a monthly game night with uh, with our patrons and our Discord community and stuff. So um, if you'd like to get in on that, we'll uh, we'll get together, play some. Play some games, and this this sounds like it would be really fun to play with everybody. Yeah, this and the Jackbox games, I think, yes. would be a must. I was thinking that too. I've watched I've watched I, several streams of the Jackbox stuff. That looks so fun. Oh, they're great. They're so much fun. I haven't played them in a long time, but they're a lot of fun. But I, I'll definitely get this for the Switch and try it because I, I mostly just because I want to see what the hype's all about. Yeah. Thank you, Rampage, for banning the bots. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so now for our big story uh, tonight in the news. Um, we're not going to do this month in game history because we want to talk about... This is not necessarily... This is not gaming related, but <clears throat> it is nerd related because Disney just dropped a huge wet dump on us last week <laughs> they punched netflix right in the mouth yeah they did man they, uh well, where do we even start like all right so you you want me to to lead us off here? yes please okay so th this is from uh d23.com so th this has a list of every announcement that disney made during their investor meeting last week and we won't go through every single one of them but there were a ton of new announcements for new Disney shows, uh, movies. So Disney Investor Day 2020 delivered an amazing array of announcements from across the Walt Disney Company, including the exciting news that over the next few years, Disney Plus plans to release approximately 10 Star Wars series <laughs> and 10 Marvel series, as well as 15 Disney live action, animation, and Pixar series as well as 15 Disney live action animation and Pixar features. And that's in addition to the premium content set to premiere in theaters 
or on linear channels before coming to the streaming service. So essentially what they did was they, they had this huge um, meeting where they, like the article said, they ran through all the upcoming content for the next few years. And I mean, we could really start from anywhere, but uh, do you want to start with the Marvel stuff? Uh, yeah, let me scroll down so I can get everything. Um, where does the Marvel stuff start? Well, <laughs> do you want to start with Lucasfilm since that was first? Yeah, let's do that because I'm already at the Lucasfilm part. Yeah, same. So just to, to hit through the, just these quick things. So they announced that Hayden Christensen will be returning as Darth Vader keyword Darth mm-hmm. Vader for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, which I believe is only going to be like four or five episodes. Like I think it's only going to be a limited run. Yeah. A couple of these are only going to be limited run. I think the Ahsoka uh, series yep. starring Rosario Dawson is going to be a limited series. Um, they announced a uh, um, uh, Rangers uh, of the new Republic, yeah, Rangers of the new Republic and also Lando Calrissian limited series. Um, and then we have some new ones coming that, uh, sound like, I think these are going to be ongoing. We've got Andor, um, which is, uh, you know, him from Rogue One. This is his Cassian Andor. Yeah. Cassian Andor. He's that's sort of his prequel series, uh, Star Wars, the bad batch, which is based off the, the clones that were, uh, genetically, quote inferior or had genetic anomalies and were you know put together as a little strike force that they were in the last season of the clone wars i love them so much i'm so glad they're doing a bad batch series i don't know about you but the first time i ever saw the the logo for this i saw it said the bad bitch (laughs) and i'm not i'm not the only person that says that either other people said the same thing should have been the tagline for the ahsoka series yeah uh, then we've got Star Wars Visions, which is going to be uh, a lot of Japanese anime uh, animators uh, doing their own take on different <clears throat> Star Wars uh, stories, which I think that's going to be awesome. I love when people do uh, anime-style Star Wars stuff. There's a lot of it on YouTube already. You could just go see. I watch that stuff all the time. Of course, the Lando series, uh, The Acolyte which I'm not quite sure what that one's going to be about. Do you know? It's going to take place at the end of the High Republic era. That's right. That's right. Uh, and, of course, a droid story, which we're, is going to be centered around C-3PO and R2-D2. And I think that's going to be an animated series as well. It's that, I think that's what it should be. Yeah. But the, the big one, Rogue Squadron. Yes. Coming in 2023, directed by Patty Jenkins, who you know is the director of Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 1984. If you haven't watched it, do yourself a favor and watch the announcement trailer because I lost my shit. Dude, I started tearing when that, up. <laughs> when, that, when that logo popped up and it just simply said Rogue Squadron, like I screamed. Well, she's sitting there. If you haven't seen it, she's sitting there talking about, you know, her father was a, a fighter pilot and she was looking for the right story to tell to honor her father. And the whole time she's like out in this out in the desert and like she's like getting like ta- like getting dressed out of the back of like her SUV and she's changing clothes this whole time she's telling this story. And she gets to the end and she's like, "Well, I think I've finally found the right story to tell." And she's putting on 
one of the old school, like original trilogy um, uh, flight suits for the X-Wing fighters. And she's, uh, I forgot what she says after that, but she starts walking down a runway and the camera pans over and you see an X-Wing fighter sitting there on the runway. And I was just like, my heart just exploded when that happened. Yeah, like you, I got I got pretty emotional about that because you could tell some incredible stories with the Rogue Squadron. And I, I yeah. think and, and that's the good thing about this is that, you know, you have Patty Jenkins, who's a very talented director and a very talented filmmaker. There's also they haven't announced what the film's going to be, but Taita Watiti, who directed Thor Ragnarok and also uh directed uh one of the episodes of Mandalorian season one. He's getting a movie. Mm-hmm. So I am very excited for the future of Star Wars. Yeah, same here. <clears throat> and everybody, I, I think a, if lot, I, a lot of people are saying, oh, it's Star Wars overload. No, this they've already proven that you put John Favreau and Dave Filoni in charge of things. They They know what to do. And this is what's coming out of that because they're not going to let things go to crap like they have been. No, I I think as far as the Star Wars stuff goes, if I were to rank them like in things I'm excited for, I'd still put Obi-Wan at number one. Yeah, just because he's my all time favorite character. I'll be excited to see you and McGregor back. And that series, they've said, will take place 10 years after Revenge of the Sith and that there will be a rematch between him and Vader. So I'm curious to see how they incorporate vader into the story because if i remember right not a lot of people really know that vader exists yeah he's still kind of like operating in the shadows like mm-hmm. there's talks of him but he's more like a legend yeah than, than anything and it, and it makes sense because you can tell in a new hope that obi-wan knows that vader is anakin yeah so well this something is also has to happen. you know this is the time when invader is still hunting down uh, the the remaining Jedi. Um, mm-hmm. Good night, Rampage. Sorry you can't stay the rest of the show, man, but uh, we'll, we'll see you next time. Um, but yeah, this is around the time that Vader is hunting down the remaining Jedi, and there are still a, you know, a good bit of Jedi that survived Order 66, and Vader's got to know. I mean, Anakin's got to know that Obi-Wan is still alive. I mean, he knows he's still alive, so... Yeah. They have to run into each other at some point. I'm thinking there's got to be one episode where Obi-Wan leaves Tatooine. Mm -hmm. And that's when that's when the two meet up. Yeah. But it'll be it'll be awesome to see Vader on screen again in live action. I, I think it would be really cool if they do some Clone Wars flashbacks with those two like wearing the armor like they wore during yeah. the, the cartoon series. You could even bring in Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Her look. <laughs> yeah, de-ager. I think that'd be great. Now you're speaking my language, man. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I think we're on the same page when it comes to yeah. this. As far as other Lucasfilm properties, we have a new Willow series with, uh, with Warwick, Warwick Davis returning. Um, We have a new Indiana Jones franchise coming, uh, an Indiana Jones movie, um, which I I 
I don't know how this is going to go because <laughs> poor poor Harrison Ford. I mean, he's he's like 112 at this point. Like, I'd love to see him as Indiana Jones again, but eh, I don't know. I love Harrison Ford. I love the Indiana Jones trilogy, but I feel like they should have just left that alone yeah. after Last Crusade. Because Last Crusade wasn't the best movie of that trilogy, but it was just pure fun. Yeah. And I thought they should have just left that alone because Crystal Skull was bad. If they did, uh, because I did like the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles when I was a kid. I loved that show. Uh, And he was in in that show as old Indiana Jones, you know, retelling these stories of his youth. I wouldn't even mind if they did a reboot of that. And did that again, where they just kind of like beginning and the end of each episode, or is him kind of just being like, "Let me tell you the, let me, let me tell you the story of uh, what, what after uh, the Crystal Skulls," uh, and then you go into it, and it's you know Chris Pratt or or whoever you know they uh, they get to play young Indiana Jones. Is it that could be a limited series too? <clears throat> Why not? Seems to be the going a- trend. That was a great Harrison Ford impression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find the Marvel stuff. Um, but as far as the Walt Disney's motion uh, picture studios, they have a sequel to Hocus Pocus 2, uh, reboots of Three Men and a Baby, and Cheaper by the Dozen, and also a new sister act film starring Whoopi Goldberg. So if you're a fan of the, the sister act movies from the 90s, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, also, there's a reboot, uh, a new hybrid live-action animated film starring John Mulaney and Andy Sandberg as bum, 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 Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Chip and Dale Rescue, Rescue Rangers. Rangers. I can't. Honestly, I can't wait for that. I I love Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. That was one of the bigger surprises. But I was like, you know what? I'm I'm in. Yeah, I'm in for that. The, as far as like the the traditional Disney stuff, the thing I'm most excited for is the Buzz Lightyear movie. Yeah, with uh, Chris Chris Evans, Chris Evans being the yeah. voice, and and a lot of people are upset that Tim Allen's not being brought back, but it's not that version of yeah. Buzz Lightyear. It's the actual person that the toy is based on, which I think is a really clever storytelling aspect. But um, like, we actually will get to see like him fight Emperor mm-hmm. Zerg. We'll get to see him explore space. That's awesome. Things that the that the Buzz Lightyear toy talked about in the original movie. Yeah. We're actually going to get to see it. I'm so I'm I'm all for that. Uh, also, they have new animated series coming too to Disney Plus for um, if you liked um, uh, crap um, Big Hero Six. They have a new Baymax series coming out. Uh, and Zoo- I'm excited for this one because I love Zootopia is one of my favorite Disney movies. I've seen Zootopia probably 20 times at this point. I love that movie so much. They have a new Zootopia series coming. Uh, Tiana, which is uh, Princess and the Frog, which I'm excited about because I love Princess and the Frog. Uh, and also a new uh, Moana series coming as well. Yeah, those were other surprises too. Uh, I know Baymax will be cool because I, I like the big hero six. Zootopia is good and Tiana will be good as well because Princess and the Frog is to me one of honestly one of my favorite Disney movies. I think so. The animation is beautiful. 
I love. I thought they did a very good portrayal of the New Orleans culture. Mm-hmm. The story was great. It just sucked that they killed off uh, uh, Doctor Facilier. I know. <laughs> His I, song in that movie was so good. Yeah, I, I could go watch that movie right now. That's the Princess and the Frog is so freaking good. Hmm. Um, also, we've uh, we've got Loki coming. Uh, of course, we've got Wanda, uh, WandaVision coming. Uh, the What If series, Miss Marvel, Hawkeye, Falcon and Winter Soldier, She-Hulk, Moon Knight, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, and of course, a series of original shorts, I Am Groot. I Am Groot. <laughs> and also, uh, Blade. Yeah. Blade is being uh, rebooted with, um, I can't remember his name, but he was in the Luke Cage series, and he was really good in that, but he's he's playing Blade, which oh, I think is the guy that played Luke Cage? No, he was... Oh, well, not, you're, you're talking about, um, oh, what was his name? Uh, really good actor. He was in um, that movie, that, what's it called, The Green Book, or something like that? Yeah, um, I'm looking his name up, so... I don't mess yeah, it up. It's one of those names I never remember. Yeah, it's let's see. It was uh I'm gonna get this pronunciation wrong, but I'm yeah. gonna try it anyway. Mahershala Ali. Yeah, Mahershala Ali. That's it. Yeah. He was phenomenal in that series, so dude, of all of the, the Marvel Studio stuff, I'll be I, I mean I'd I'm excited for the new Thor movie, the new Doctor Strange movie, all that. But the thing I am most excited about is the number four. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Fantastic Fantastic Four. four. And I, the reason why I'm not worried about that movie is because I know that's going to be a very high priority for them to get right. Mm-hmm. Like they have to, they have to knock that one out of the park. They have. To. I have no clue who they're going to get to play each character, but man, just to, the thought of actually seeing Doctor Doom done right on screen makes me very happy. Because he's Ke- one of my favorite comic book villains of all time. If Keanu Reeves isn't Doctor Doom, I'm out. i like that choice it's a good i mean i do like why not i think you because dr doom's supposed to be like a really good looking guy underneath the mask he just wears the mask because he has like a slight imperfection in his skin 
And but, you know, uh, as far as the oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, and and you know, uh, I think um, who who was um, plays Jim on The Office. Uh, oh, John Krasinski. John Krasinski. He's he he has to he has to be he has to be Reed Richards. And you might as well just get his wife Emily Blunt to play Sue Storm. Yeah. Why not? And and then get John Cena to play the thing. Ah, you. Ah, I I called that what like two years ago, three years ago. You did. I'm like, yep. dude, if he's not the thing, what are we doing? I I think it has to be. It has to. But as far as the Marvel stuff that I'm excited about, like I'm re- very much looking forward to the new Thor because I loved what Taita Waititi did with Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Fantastic Four, I think, will be great. Um, I mean, we talked about Spider Man. They didn't touch on it here, but you know, just with them bringing back what it seems like every person who's ever appeared in a Spider Man movie. Yeah, <laughs> I think that'll that'll be fun. I saw something today that says if the new Spider Man movie doesn't have uh, uh, you know, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and um, what's his name, the new Spider Man, um, Tom Holland, Tom Holland. If they're if they don't have a scene in the movie where they're all doing the Spider Man meme where they're all three pointing at each other, like then what are we doing? <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts of the the Spider Verse movie, the post credit mm-hmm. scene where it just had those two pointing yeah. at each other. <laughs> they have to do if you're gonna get those yeah. three guys and just give us just give us that one thing where they're all like pointing at each other. Even if it's just you cut to a wide shot of the three pointing at each other for yeah. a second. <laughs> it has to happen. Um, one of the ones I'm not too familiar uh, with is the Secret Invasion. Do you know what that one is about? I do not know. Hmm. I, I will say, kind of touching on some other things. Like I, I'm, I'm excited for the shows. I'm looking forward more to the Star Wars stuff, but I, I think the the Marvel shows can be good too. Like I, I think Loki. They got to go, just go campy with it. Yeah. Just make Loki a campy show and it will be fun. But yeah. I, I'm, I'm not too familiar with the, the secret invasion. I mean, it could be, it could be something that leads to another Avengers movie mm-hmm. at some point of whatever incarnation of the Avengers there will be. Yeah. And Moon Knight's going to be an interesting one too, because Moon Knight is, is a very mature character. Um, you know, he's part of the, the Marvel Knights series, you know, like back in the nineties and stuff. And he was a very dark character. Uh, and you're, you're, you're dealing with a character who has severe mental issues, like, um, multiple personality disorder, schizophrenia, those type of things. Um, so I'm wondering if they're going to go dark with it like that, like, like a hardcore, almost like the daredevil series for, for Netflix. I hope so. And they got Oscar Isaac to play Moon Knight, which I, I think he'll do well. That's a good in that choice. Role. So, yep. So <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to that as well. And also, partially because James Gunn is coming back to write and direct it, but the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special will be fun. <laughs> I can't wait for that. I love everything Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. Same. Uh, so and of course, you know, with uh, Hulu being, um, you know brought into basically as just part of mostly Disney now because Disney owns 75% of Hulu. Um, and of course they got the Fox merger, 
with FX and all that stuff, you're going to get all kind of like FX stuff. Like they're coming out with, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the comic book, Why the Last Man. Uh, they're doing mm-hmm. a series uh, of that for FX. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else they have coming for Hulu. Um, uh, of course, there's like, it's always sunny in Philadelphia is coming out for like its 85th season. It's been renewed for like two or three more seasons. Here's the one I can't wait for. Alien is getting a series by the showrunner who did, uh, um, oh crap. What was that show, uh, about the, the X-Men, um, on FX? Oh, um, Legion? Legion. Yeah. The showrunner for Legion. And also he's the showrunner for Fargo. Uh, mm-hmm. he's doing an alien series based on the alien universe. I'm very, very interested in that. Oh, that'll be great. So a lot of lot of stuff to look forward to over the next couple of years. Oh, and don't forget, we're getting a Turner and Hooch reboot. <laughs> Actually, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put that at my number one. Yeah, me too. Turner and Hooch. Uh, we got Mighty Ducks coming back. Emilio now Estevez is coming back for the Mighty Ducks. That I'm excited for. I don't know if you watched the trailer for it, but it's uh, it has a little bit of a Cobra Kai feel to it, but with hockey. Yeah, I I don't know about you, man, but Disney Plus just came out and just unzipped and just dropped trowel and said, "Kiss my ass, Netflix," and just man, yep. I, you're not gonna need Netflix once all this crap drops, man, dude. This next year is gonna be freaking great to be a disney plus subscriber i'll be perfectly honest after seeing this and then of course the announcement that you know warner brothers is going to be releasing their new theatrical stuff on hbo max Mm -hmm. i'm like netflix might not make the cut for me that's the thing i was actually like going to drop something after uh the first after this year i was like man once the mandalorian's done there's not much on Disney Plus that I really need it for until The Mandalorian comes out again. And they dropped this the other day, and I was like, I might have to drop Netflix because Netflix is raising its price on me. And to be honest, I can't even remember really the last time I popped Netflix open and just watched it. I mean, we watched those two Christmas movies, the... the uh, the the Christmas Chronicles. Christmas Chronicles movies, but other than that, dude, I can't remember the last time I just watched anything on Netflix. So it might get cut in the next few months for HBO Max. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna keep it through January because of Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. But whenever I finish watching that, I might I might drop Netflix for the time being because yeah. HBO Max to me is actually pretty underrated. Like I like that they have all the DC stuff. Mm-hmm. They have yeah. a Turner classic movies section. So I, I think that's really cool. There's been some stuff that I haven't had the opportunity to watch yet that, that I can watch on HBO Max. So it's like between Disney plus HBO Max, I'm good. Yeah. Same here. And you know, uh, all the other, apps too between uh you know the new peacock app um you know which is uh, about to gain the office and pluto is great too i don't know if you if you've downloaded pluto but 
Dude, I've been watching so much stuff on Pluto. I just put Pluto on and just you, as background noise because they have an MST3K channel. They've got you oh, know wow. Comedy Central stuff. They have all kind of cool stuff on there. Huh. So I'm like, I've never, seen, never even heard of that one. Netflix, uh, unless you, you drop a bomb like Disney did, you're, get, you're getting cut, I, buddy. I don't know that they have the firepower to do it because you look at the library that Disney has. Yeah. I, they they came out. I mean, they said Disney Plus was going to be a priority, and they mm-hmm. they damn sure said that last week. Well, now with everybody, you know, I mean, movie theaters, the movie theaters might be dying, man. I mean, TV subscription services are probably going to be the way of the future. I see movie theaters being more of a, a boutique experience in the coming years. I don't see the big megaplexes being as prevalent as they once were. I just don't. Which is a shame because I love going to a movie theater. It's one of my favorite things to do, like with friends and, you know, just just to even go. Yeah. Go well, a movie theater is great, but. Same here. I mean, and they've done a lot to make the movie going experience better the last few years uh, with, uh, you know, assigned seating and things of that nature, bringing in like, uh, you know, a bar and you can get like mixed drinks and like actual food, things of that nature. But at the same time, it's kind of like it's that stuff came a little too late. You know, like you, that should have been something you were doing 15, 20 years ago to be ahead of the curve. Like assigned seating was one of the biggest things that they could have done before now. And it just took them so long to do it. And you know, the movie going experience, like you go to the movies it, 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 you you take your your date to the movies and god forbid you have children it, it's going to cost you you know a good c note you know uh, hundred bucks to just go to the movies you know for for the tickets and then you get popcorn drinks and candy that shit ain't cheap <laughs> it's not cheap when you yeah. know they could do the same thing and be like hey we're going to drop you know you have a disney plus subscription we're going to drop the new you know avengers movie on Disney Plus, you can go to the theater and watch it and spend a ton of money, or you can just, you know, 40 bucks and rent it and sit in the comfort of your own house and not have people talking and everything else that goes on in the movie theater. Well, and I think, you know, depending on what your life situation is, because, you know, I've got friends who now are married and have kids, and it's better for them to get Disney Plus. And, mm-hmm. you know, cause just because of the sheer library they have, they can have a family night at their house and they can get popcorn. They can get mm-hmm. things that almost kind of replicate the movie experience without having to get the kids ready, Yeah, drive to the theater, then get them in the movie theater, mm-hmm. then go to the concession stand, <laughs> then watch the movie, then go back home. You can do all of that on your couch. You know, wait so in line I, and yeah. Ugh. <laughs> just, yeah, no, no, thanks. I'm good. Yeah. But uh, that's that's pretty much all I got to say on all the the Disney stuff. <clears throat> yeah, no, it was you know like you said, it's not gaming related, but it is nerd related, and I know it's stuff we talk about occasionally. So it, it was good to to chat about it because I've yeah. been like chomping at the bit to talk about it all week. Yeah, me too. And I'm sorry for coughing into the microphone, everybody. I keep I I'm trying to like hit the the mute button because I'm uh, at. Freaking sinuses, man. It's that time of the year. I can't help it. It's like my whole head. That's all good. 
head and lungs are just full of peanut butter at this point. <laughs> um, no, it's all good. But let's go ahead and move into our review for tonight, shall we? Yes. Tonight, I'm talking about. I was thinking over the last couple of weeks what I could uh, review for Christmas because we like to do Christmas themed games around here. You know, I did Batman Returns a couple of years ago. Um, what have you done that were that was Christmas related? Do you remember? Um, I know I've done something, but I can't quite remember. Uh, let me let me go through the discography and see. Yeah, I I don't remember. Um, I know every year I try to find another Christmas themed game. Um, but I was like, man, I, I can't really think of anything. And then it hit me the other night, uh, because I was watching home alone, home alone and home alone Two, which are on Disney plus. Uh, and I was like, you know what? We've never done. I don't think we've ever done the home alone games. And I looked back through our no, we archive haven't. and we've never done any of the home alone. I, I could have swore you reviewed a Home Alone game before, but we never did. I have played this game before. I did play it a few times as a kid, but no, I, this I've I haven't reviewed. I haven't actually played this game since I was a kid. Uh, yeah, this is the title. Uh, Home Alone is the title of several tie-in video games based on the film of the same name. Versions were released for the NES, Game Boy, Super Nintendo, uh, Super Nintendo. The Sega Master System, Sega Genesis, Game Gear, Amiga, and MS-DOS platforms. Um, there are multiple versions of the game, and each features a different style of gameplay, but all share the same plot and roughly the same objective. Kevin McAllister is left home alone when his family goes on vacation. He must prevent Harry and Marv, the, quote, wet bandits, from burgling his home. Using various household objects as traps and or weapons, each version of the game is an example of the trap 'em up genre, which also includes like games like uh, I have no idea how to say that something Alien, Space Panic, and Load Runner. Um, I played the Super Nintendo version. I don't know if you played any of the other versions. Um, we talked about it before the show. I already had a ROM. For the Super Nintendo version, I would have played the Nintendo version, but I, I didn't feel like search scouring the internet looking for an NES version of this game when I already had the Super Nintendo version. So I don't know how, exactly how the the regular Nintendo version is, but the Super Nintendo version is. I, I'll say I had fun once I kind of figured out what to do because the plot of the game. Is you, you're, you're, of course, you're Kevin McAllister. You're in the house. The wet bandits are in the house. There's some other like 1940s style gangster dudes running around the house, too. I don't know what their point is. Basically, you're going around the house and you're collecting your parents' um, valuables throughout the house, like rings, um, uh, uh, candle holders, things of that nature. You have a backpack and you can only hold six items. And when you get six items, you have to unload your backpack. So you got to find a uh, a laundry chute uh, to put all the stuff in, which throws all the stuff down to the basement. 
And for the first level, I think it's like 26 items you have to get, 20, 24 or 26 items. And once you get the 24 items, then you can unlock the door to the basement. You get the key to the basement, and you go down to the basement, and then you can put all the stuff into the vault and close the vault. And that that is level one. Then you go to the another wing of the house and pretty much do the same thing throughout the house. Um, and it was fun. I'll say I, I enjoyed it for about about 20 minutes before it started to get really repetitious and old. And I'll be honest, you know, it's, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a bad game. It's just not really what I was expecting. Cause honestly, I had no idea what to expect from this game as far as the gameplay. Yeah, I remember the exact same thing. You know, it was fun in the beginning once you kind of figure out what you actually have to do. But, yeah, I remember playing it for a period of time and then just kind of you know, like, all right, this was fun. I'm yeah. just going to move on to something else now. But I, I do like that each version of the game, as far as what console it's available for, is different, which I think is actually really cool because, it, if anything, it gives you a reason to play multiple versions of the game. Yeah. and I, I might actually download the Nintendo version and try it. I might download a uh, Genesis version as well to see what those were like. Um, let's see. For the personal computer, um, you are given, in the Home Alone game for the PC, players are given from 8 to 9, approximately 5 minutes of real time, to set up traps in order to hurt the wet bandits once they arrive. No further setting of traps is possible after this period. Each trap can only be triggered once, and they all inflict the same amount of damage. Now, that is actually what I was expecting to do. <coughs> Excuse me. Um... In the in the game, I was expecting to have a, a version of a, the game where you kind of go through the house and you set up the traps to catch the wet bandits. But you kind of it, it in this version of the game, like they say, it's like Load Runner, where it's like a I wouldn't necessarily a run and gun. It, I mean, you have a squirt gun, and then you can get other things like um uh um what do they call it uh damn it, what's it called um, the I'm trying to think. Um, uh, the little it looks like a Y, and it's got the little rubber thing on, it and you shoot it. Uh, oh, slingshot! Slingshot! I can't think of the word slingshot. I'm an old man. You know that I'm old man that can't think of words. <laughs> uh, but you get like a slingshot, and it, and you can actually get rid of because you can't hurt Harry and Marv. You can only get them to chase you, and once they hit one of the, like you can lure them to a trap, which is basically either toys on the ground or like tacks on the ground. And it's kind of funny. Like when, when, uh, Marv, the, which is, was the, the tall one, not the Joe Pesci character, but the other one, (laughs) when, when he hits the, the tacks or whatever, he kind of, their, their sprites look really good. And when he, he's running after you and when he hits like a trap, he goes, and like falls off the screen it the the noise he makes actually made me laugh cuz it's funny but you know it and you have like a squirt gun which doesn't really do any damage to the other burglars that are in the house which i don't understand why there are other burglars in the house and they look like 1940s style like gangsters and you and when you squirt them with the squirt gun it basically just kind of like stuns them after like 
you have to squirt them like six times to get them to to like uh, get stunned, and then you can jump over them. Which I didn't really, but if you hit them with the slingshot, it takes like eight or nine hits to to make them fall off the screen. Which was kind of like, man, what's the point in that? But all in all, I mean, it was I had fun for a few minutes, but it's not. It's definitely it's so middle of the road, and just like you could tell, they didn't put a lot of time into it. They just got the license and they wanted to throw a game out for Christmas, you know. Yeah, if you haven't yet, you should capture the soundbite of Marv scream when the tarantula goes <laughs> oh on his my face. God, I have to. <laughs> I'm gonna do that later this week. Maybe that, this weekend I'll ca- capture that. That is one of the funniest moments of that entire movie. Just his scream makes that moment weren't just we, so much better. Weren't me and you talking about that? It's like one of the the uh, like the funniest screams ever. Oh yeah. On film is when he puts that tarantula on his face. Like it never fails to crack me up every time I oh, see it. I laugh so hard every time that <laughs> like that movie just in general is so funny and still holds up. Yeah. You want to feel old? That movie turns 30 years old this year. Shut up. I don't want to hear that. You know, the first time I saw that movie, I won tickets off the TV to go see that movie when it was. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I was like 11 or 12. Well, it was 1990. Yep. Oh, I was 13. So I was 13 when that movie came out. Um, For the NES version, uh, the player must avoid being caught by Harry and Marv for 20 minutes. During this time, Kevin can set various traps using using items scattered around the house, each with a different corresponding strength and allowing the person tripping them to be knocked unconscious longer. Uh, Kevin can also hide behind certain parts of the house, but only for two consecutive turns. Any other concurrent passings will result in a game over. Um, yeah, the, let's see. The Sega platforms, uh, the... They feature slightly different plots. Uh, the game still revolve around Kevin's battle with the wet bandits. He instead must protect several houses in his neighborhood while waiting 20 minutes for the police to arrive, 40 on higher difficulties. During the game, the wet bandits drive around the neighborhood in their nondescript van until they decided to enter to one of the house one of the houses. Um, <clears throat> so Kevin must fight them off with different weapons and guns in order to fill up. <clears throat> an empty pain meter. When he does so, he will have saved that particular house and caused the bandits to retreat. So that's another thing I, that was missing from the Super Nintendo version. Because um, I would figure, like, with a game like this, you, there would be, you know, you get time to set up the traps and then call the police and you have to defend the house for a certain amount of time. Like, that just, that makes sense for gameplay. That makes sense to me for a Home Alone game. But the Super Nintendo is just kind of a a weird shoot, like, sides, not really even side-scroller. It's more like, like, like I said, like it's like Load Runner or like a, I, I don't even know what to, like, compare it to. I've never really played any other games like it. Or It's just... I don't. I don't know. It, it wasn't what I was expecting, and I don't know it. If if you love the movie, I mean, you might get a kick out of playing the game, but I definitely wouldn't go out of my way to buy a copy 
for the Super Nintendo uh, to play it, honestly. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. It's it's fun to be in that world for a period of time, but I feel like I would have liked pretty much any other version better than the Super Nintendo one. Yeah. But that's just me. Yeah. Uh, and the Game Boy version is similar to the Super Nintendo and Nintendo versions. Uh, requires the player to evade confrontation with the wet bandit. Similar to the Super Nintendo version, player has to gather up various items and then dump them into the laundry. Um, see, the player might resort to using the items the bandits plan to steal against them by dropping them uh, on their heads, as well as instigate certain traps as the movie, uh, dropping a paint can on their heads. Um, four levels in all, each t- taking place in a different area of the house. Um I don't know. I mean, I would like to actually see um, different versions of this game. It'd be kind of fun if you did a different version of this game to review. Maybe next year you could do like the Sega Genesis version or something like that. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Or even the Game Boy version. Either one. Yeah. No, that's a good idea. But all in all, like I said, it's not a terrible game. It's just not good. It's It's one of those you know late 80s early 90s licensed games that's just so middle of the road it was a cash grab and that's all it all it was meant to be and so it gets it it just gets them a five like right there in the middle it's not terrible it's not good it's just there i think five is right it's not completely terrible like it's not unplayable yeah it's not, but it's also it's not, not very exciting. Yeah, it's not broken by it. It's not, you know, LJN broken. <laughs> you know, it's not that, that type of bad. But it's, like I said, it's just, it's playable. It, it's enjoyable for a few minutes. But it's, it's you get, it gets so old after a few minutes. And then it's the it's one of those games with, like, the same music over and over again. And you're just kind of like, all right, I think I'm done and ready to move on to something else. If you're a... If you're a completionist and you want like a complete NES, Super Nintendo, or Sega library, go ahead and pick it up because this thing can't be more than a couple of bucks. But uh, if it's just something like, and if maybe if you run across it at a flea market for like a dollar or two, pick it up. But I would not go out of my way to pick up Home Alone for a retro system. No, I, I think you hit the nail on the head with that like it's it's okay yeah but it's not one that you should go out of your way to buy yeah i could see maybe kids being having fun with it for a while like a, you know like a little kid that's you know like oh what's the super nintendo and finds this game like might have fun with it for a while but i think even a kid would even if i like trying to think back as a kid would whatever i would i this might have been a good weekend rental type of thing where I would have had fun with it playing it over the weekend, but it wouldn't definitely not have been something I would have spent money on. Yeah, no, I agree. But, uh, but yeah, it gets a five. So that, that's my review for home alone. Yeah. And no, I, I, again, I think that's fair. Um, five, five sounds about right, but we have one more show coming up before the end of the year. I was actually going to ask you on the air here, um, what do you think about doing next week instead of doing a, a game review? Why don't we do uh, favorite games we've played this year? 
type of thing. We can uh, and uh, listeners, you're listening to this Patreon people and everybody else who listens. If you, if you want to send us a a tweet at Nerd Cave Retro or on Facebook or whatever, even nerdcaveretro@gmail.com, you want to send us a list of some of your favorite games that you've played this year and um, let us know and we'll we'll read it on the air. I, I'm probably just going to do like my top five favorite games I've played this year. You know I love a good top five list. Yeah, I love them. Top five lists are good. Yeah. Yeah, I, as a side note, and first of all, I love that idea, so I think we should definitely do it. Um, there... I don't know who all who listens to the show follows the sports world, but there is a little bit of drama going on with baseball right now. Uh oh, that the uh, next season might get delayed, which Ooh. would then delay our season. Oh, that sucks. If <laughs> if if I get furloughed, the Daily Diamonds coming back. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, so, well, hope hopefully I'm not out of a job, but. That oh. uh, you mentioned the top five reminded me of that. So yeah. and I forgot to do this before we went into the review. You want to do the sh- the Patreon shout outs before we go tonight? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to do that. So as always, we like to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerd cave retro. We want to shout out Armes Jackson, Axblade 07, Daniel Salmon, John Jekyll, AKA Mixmaster, Carlos Longoria, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Randy Bailey, and Tyler Watson. Thank you guys, as always, for keeping the lights on here on the Nerd Cave Retro Show. And because you've kept us at the $50 level, we will continue to do fun commentary tracks. Like we mentioned earlier, we're going to do episodes of Batman, the animated series, and the real Ghostbusters for this month's show. And if you haven't voted yet, the Patreon, uh, the poll for the January franchise discussion <clears throat> is still up. It expires at the end of the month, so if you haven't got your vote in, be sure to do that before the 31st. And whatever wins, we'll talk about it on one of the shows next month. So that'll be a new monthly thing. And uh, yeah, if you just want to be a part of it, head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Fantastic. Uh, Anything you want to plug before we leave tonight? Yes. For those who missed out on this week's live version of the Derek Diamond Experience, the audio version will be available. uh, If you're listening to this on the download, it's available now. It's a roundtable discussion on The Office, which features the official fact checker of the Nerd Cave Retro Show, Mr. Wally Phelps. Yes. Fantastic. It was a really it was a really fun show to do. Like The Office was a show that uh-huh. you know I was I was reintroduced to uh, earlier this year and had a lot of fun going back and rewatching it. So oh, it was fun to talk the about office. it. I love The Office so much. We we get into a lot of stuff. The show went almost an hour and a half. Really? So, wow. so yeah, we, we touch on a lot of stuff with The Office. So if you like The Office, check it out. I'm definitely listen to it, listening to it as soon as it drops. Yep, that will be out on YouTube and all podcasting platforms. And if you want to follow the show on social media, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Diamond Podcast. Fantastic. Uh, and go check out the Open Micers Podcast at Open Micers on Twitter and uh, Open Micers Podcast on Facebook. Tomorrow night, at 7 o'clock right here on my Twitch channel. We're going to be talking to musician Rocky Kramer. Uh, He's a Norwegian guitarist, singer, songwriter, composer, and band leader um, who, let's see, he uh, headlined the Seattle Hemp Fest in 2018. 2019, he released his debut album, Firestorm. Um, He 
performed at the 2019 Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, and so on and so on. And he is endorsed by Fender Stratocaster Guitars. So if you are a musician and want to check that out, we are live tomorrow night at 7 o'clock right here uh, on my Twitch channel. And uh, go check us out over at Open Micers. We, we're doing some good work over there these days. Love it. So um, if that's it, we can go ahead and walk out the door. Let's do it. If you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're at nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro and individually at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. And of course, we're on Patreon at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro, where if you keep us above that $50 level, we will continue to do those commentary tracks for you every single month. And if you can't do that, I know times are tough. Times are tough. And if you can't do that, go leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. So Derek, please tell them what it's all about. Keep the change, you filthy animal. (laughs) Ah, I should have captured that. You blow it! Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.